I, I don't know quite what to make of it. I'm, everything's working today. It's almost like I know what I'm doing. Finally got the flow together. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. The show is streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, the X page, and the Rumble page. If that's your cup of tea. Now then, I don't know how much we have to worry about this, simply because it seems like the blue hellscapes are the ones sucking up most of this. Uh, most of this uh, punishment. But the problem is a lot of these people are going to become refugees from the blue hellscapes and come here and bring their politics with them. And they won't even be aware of it because they're so superior that they just, you know, they just think they're doing good for us. But the open border is turning the entire United States into a refugee camp. If you're one of the blue cities, well, of course, you're just getting the illegal immigrants. Then the refugees from those states come down here. I think we're the number three destination. And, uh, most of them are heading, well, a lot of them are heading for New York City. But we don't really know how big the numbers are. And the numbers are very, very, very high. And uh, recently, the day before yesterday, a Brooklyn high school informed parents their children will be getting low-quality remote instruction because their school is being turned into a refugee camp. They're being displaced on behalf of approximately 1,900 foreign lawbreakers. Now, I have no problem with them being there. Just when they get there, put them on a bus and take them to the border. And then when we get them to the border, put them on a ship and settle them down the entire length of Mexico and drop them off at the Mexican southern border. But that's not going to happen. In spring 2023, city officials also occupied school gyms with migrants, prompting safety concerns from parents about unvetted military-age foreigners sharing buildings with their kids. And... I now give you the tale of the tape. Uh, Brooklyn went 74% to 25% for Joe Biden. They voted for the guy who's done this to them. This has all happened since 2021. That's one reason why January 6th has to continue on. That's that's why the fabricated memory has to continue being being stoked because all of this began, you know, in January of 2021. Pro-illegal immigration Governor Kathy Hochul won Brooklyn 72% to 28%. And some of the schools are closing because of this in New York City. And they're prioritizing the illegals over the people there paying the bills in New York City. So, we get this off of the X. From Carol Markowitz, James Madison High School is going remote tomorrow to accommodate this. New York City just can't stop putting kids dead last. Councilwoman Inna Vernikov, she said, We warned you, as predicted, Floyd Bennett Field is not a sustainable shelter facility. James Madison High School is becoming a migrant shelter overnight. They Well, yeah, some people did. But <laughs> this is a very... This, this is one of these black and white illustrations of a phenomena affecting, you know, we got 50 million children in K through 12. And they're still, in a, lot of, in a lot of cases, they're still struggling to recover from that lockdown stuff. 
And just as they've gotten back into the schools now, American kids everywhere are being placed in classrooms with even more illegal migrant kids who don't speak the language, don't share our customs. They are in high-risk circumstances linked to with bad classroom behavior. And they're trafficked. They are actually a byproduct of trafficking. Now, we can look at this and uh, see how this works out by going to St. Paul. There you had a earlier mass influx of foreigners, mostly Somalis in the Midwestern Twin Cities, and that's helped turn parts of the city and its schools into no-go zones. In the St. Paul schools, a majority of staff feel unsafe, and only one in five students in that district are meeting math and reading benchmarks. Why? And see, we're paying for this. We're paying for this. We're getting nothing for this, but we're paying for it. Foreign-born English language learners are the least proficient in reading. Statewide Minnesota kids' latest reading and math scores are the lowest on records. It's almost like Faber University right now with the Delta Tau Chi guys. Kids don't learn anything in these schools except violence justifying racial grievance ideology. And these are just holding places to hold somebody in a place, hold these children in a place for X amount of time during the day. They're just a juvenile detention center. And uh, a key factor about this is the Democrats' influx of illegally present foreign-born kids. And even a good teacher in this environment can't help a kid learn when several in the class don't even speak English and arrive with little foundation for learning. And this is a situation that was created. I mean, they were already having issues in the Minneapolis school system and uh, now they've stretched the already broken institution. That's not charity. The open border is rapidly replicating these circumstances though, around the country. And they're depositing pockets of refugees and fraudulent asylum seekers in flyover cities, making the border problem national. Although a lot of them get relocated. An Afghan refugee lo relocated to Billings, Montana, was quickly charged with rape, while which some Islamists consider a form of jihad. In Europe, refugee influxes have accompanied dramatic increases in rape. The Billings migrants also enter city with a city with already overcrowded schools. Sioux City, Iowa schools are a majority-minority, a dramatic and quick change. The district pays for services that help translate English into more than 150 languages. This is not education. At all. At all. But. <laughs> and this is happening in Chicago and Boston and Denver and in smaller cities like Des Moines and Omaha and Kansas City and Wichita. They, all of these places have increased their foreign-born residents from 2010 to 2019 by 10 to 50%. And given the border data since Biden took office... That's the spike has been that's been completely, uh, you know, eradicated. It's really up there now. And all these school districts were already performing low. And they were performing lower than the rest of their states, even before the lockdowns and the migrant drop off. So this has just exacerbated the problem. And it's not the American government's job to teach every poor kid in the world English or give them breakfast and lunch and dinner and provide their housing and health care. That sounds charitable and nice, but it's really an abdication of the core duty to secure your rights. You're here. This is your country. You're born here. You're a citizen. Um, they're not doing that. It is logistically impossible and absolutely destructive.
for us to be forced to accept all these people whom our social institutions radicalize against us. And should we, I mean, if you look around your municipality, wherever it is you live, if you look in in your libraries or your schools or your public parks, your shopping malls, every other public space that's out there, should that may be made completely inhospitable by a bunch of people breaking our laws and stealing our peace? And that's what it really comes down to. They're stealing our peace. Nobody would tolerate squatters in his living room because that violates my natural right to affirmatively consent to those who would join my household. And that should also apply to our communities. In New York City, they have residents that die in the street on a, you know, on a fairly regular basis. Native kids in their schools can hardly read and write by 8th grade. And it's ridiculous to think that city or any other should be doing anything for random foreigners when they, they're not helping, they're not keeping people, their own people, from dying in their bodily excretions on the curb. The solution to a refugee camp is not to make them cover the entire country. So it all comes down to uh, this abdication, if you will as they try very hard to uh, make the entirety of the United States inhospitable. I don't know what they do when we finally fold like a house of cards and go with the Cloward and Piven route and go to them begging, please, please make us safe. We'll give up every right. What are you going to do about it? I don't know what they're going to say. They probably have no idea. They're not even prepared for that. So That's why I'm just not going to do it. I have another plan for all of these issues. When we get back, I, we're going to talk about the complete fantasy of what they call, that's a new made-up term, climate science. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Climate science. Well, there actually is a scientific discipline that looks at that. Just not the way these cats look at it. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. One of the things to remember about this is it has all of the validity of the flat earth theory or the you know ancient medical belief in humors. It's a sealed universe driven by a self-reinforcing faith. Made primarily of fantasy. And uh, recently we've had two examples of the delusions and lies that drive the climate change narrative. On the delusion side, we have the Axios horror that the Earth is within 1.5 degrees of the global warming limit set at the Paris Climate Accords, paired with its assurance that the climate of 2023 was the hottest seen in at least 125,000 years. There are a couple of obvious problems with that article. Um, the Paris Climate Accords was a political instrument aimed at keeping our economy flat while the other nations, which burn filthy coal, were going to just go on unfettered. And uh, I don't take the limits seriously, but I'm not one of the climate climatistas. Second, and this is the most important one, it's nonsense to pretend that we know to a half degree Celsius how hot it was 125,000 years ago. 
Humans began keeping temperature records in the mid-19th century. Everything else after that is guesswork. And some of it is scientifically detailed guesswork based on ice core samples and tree rings. But it's still an estimate without precision. And according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, these ice cores, scientists run melted samples through various instruments, mass spectrometers, scanning electron microscopes, gas chroma, chroma something, to find tiny pieces of pollution like sulfates, traces of metals, or radioactive fallout, or natural aerosols like dust or volcanic ash. After analyzing enough ice core slices, which may each represent anywhere from a week to a year at, of time, a researcher can look for patterns to track changes in the uh, atmosphere's composition and temperature and what activity on Earth shaped it. The ratio of light oxygen minus 16 to heavy oxygen minus 18 in a sample, for, for instance, reveals the global temperature when it was formed. It takes colder temperatures for water vapor containing the lighter oxygen isotope to turn into precipitation. Examining the gases trapped in ice cores is how scientists first learned that the amount of carbon dioxide in the uh, global temperature have been linked at least the last million years of Earth's history. So these cores basically, they, you know, we're allowed to go beyond merely concluding that a specific area was merely hot or cold. There's a level of detail that encompasses the warm, the hot, the very hot, you know. And on the flip side, you've got chilly, cold, and ice age. 50 of which have occurred in the last 2.6 million years. And we don't have details, but we know that the Earth is a dynamic, ever-changing entity when it comes to temperature. Because after all, it's Gaia. It's alive, right? Earth's alive. Earth's alive! Speaking of the NOAA, the last bit of this comes from the NOAA. And we get this. Uh, they've been less than honest about in their reporting about billion-dollar disasters, and we got this. The NOAA Tuesday released its final tally for 2023 of disasters exceeding $1 billion in damages. According to them, there were 28 such disasters in 2023, which set the highest record since 1980, when the agency began keeping track of the figure. But a new study finds their methodology is lacking in scientific integrity and goes against the agency's own standards. They also explain that the trend in billion-dollar disasters is attributed to trends in climate, which is a not a proper use of disaster loss figures. The study's author, Dr. Dr. Roger Pilkey Jr., professor of environmental studies at the University of Colorado Border, Boulder, has done extensive research over nearly three decades into the trends of disaster costs over time, which shows the trends are actually declining. So he, he explained that this report was anything but trans, trans it, it wasn't transparent. And they went against their own little guidelines they set in place to look good. And, uh, see, I believe that we have done a fairly decent job of taking care of Mother Gaia. Without a doubt, there's been growing pains. Like right now, I where is it? There's, there's some place, is it Argentina? I'm not sure where it is. There's some place where they take all the clothes that nobody sells and they pile it up in one country. They pile them all up in one country. There's so many of them that you can see it from space. So we haven't quite figured out this whole recycling thing that we always, you know, we're always shamed into doing. I used to do recycling. I used to separate and do all this other stuff. And then one day... Uh, I don't know why I was going to the dump and I saw the recycling truck dropping off at the dump and I, I didn't I didn't I didn't get out there and say hey what are you doing with this recycling I just said okay I just made my own presumption 
We do have a responsibility to keep it a clean, viable place for ourselves and our descendants. And the anti-pollution measures of the early 1970s, when rivers were burning and the skies over American cities looked like it, is, like it does now over Beijing, what we did was sensible. But this climate change nonsense, this is Marxist farce built on lies, wearing a lab coat. And it's only designed to push through a damaging policy that would see us revert to a pre-modern world. I mean, I would rather buy my parquet than have to get out my butter churn and make my own. Can you actually churn parquet, I wonder? I don't think so. I'd have to make it butter, wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, why would we re revert? You know, why would we go back to a time when transportation was only limited as far, how far we could walk? Where we would routinely die from sleeping overnight somewhere where there was cold or heat? Or where we might just starve to death due to a famine that we just had no way to fight? Why would we go back to that? that I mean, some of that stuff just is nonsensical to me. And the fact that they push it, the fact that we that they push it on a regular basis uh, is uh, is is indicative of the fact that they just want to control every little aspect of your life. But like I said yesterday, they've gone too far because now they want to come after the potted plants, and they're not going to be getting my bonsai. I rearranged everything in the house to where the the Antifa welcome wagon bag is now in a in, in a in a really good place to get to really quick. I have a couple of forward deployed uh, things. <laughs> In case they come and try to take from me my bonsai, that there will be bloodshed. That's only partially farcical, though. Because if they if they're coming to uh, if they, if we have the potted plant police coming after us, things have gone sideways. Especially if they arrive armed. Hello there. We've heard that you have a few too many geraniums. We're here to make sure the correction is done. You're allowed to have one. Chromatograph, thank you. Somebody knew what I was talking about and helped me pronounce that. I was trying to pronounce it as I was flitting by it, and I was like, what is that? Chromatograph. Text line takes care of me sometimes. Sometimes it infuriates me, and sometimes it takes really good care of me. Thank you there. Thank you there, Freddy Cat. I appreciate that. On the comment line, somebody's listening on the uh, Facebook feed from Ghana. Well, thank you very much. I hope things are going well in Ghana. I, I can't remember what I've heard about Ghana whether or not there's some sort of uh, armed strife. Hope not where you're at. So, yes, climate, the climate farce is designed to scare you. And we're going to talk about exactly what your car does later. Because they're, one, the, one thing they're absolutely going after is the car. The car. And the way they're doing it, I've seen this pattern before. This is the part that I enjoy the most. Dr. Fauci, the you know the garden gnome, he got out there the other day and he said the six-foot distancing guidance was not based on evidence. It sort of just came about. I'm not making that up. I couldn't make that up. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Yeah. 
You know, if Anthony Fauci didn't exist, Mel Brooks would have had to have invented him in one of his one of his uh, very good funny movies. They would, he would have had to have invented that character. He is a shameless flip flopper, but he's a sloppy one too. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Um. The other thing that I find really interesting about these leftist criminals, because that's what they are, they have no idea how to cover their tracks. Like Peter Strzok, this guy was an FBI super cop, right? An investigative agent. So he put into writing, we'll stop a Trump presidency, and then he texted that over a government-issued mobile phone. Hunter Biden. He goes out there looking for a place that'll work on a MacBook that isn't Apple. So, and then he leaves the laptop from hell there containing graphic evidence of criminal activity with a civilian computer repair store man. So then Fauci, he shows up because he's still out there being Fauci. He went to in front of the Capitol Hill. Why do you guys want to keep talking to him? Put him away. Charge him with a crime and put him away. Or leave him be and let's move on. You guys have to, you got a budget to worry about right now. Anyway, they had him up there and he confessed, sort of, about the six-foot social distancing guidance. Now, do you remember that? I went into a Walmart grocery store and I went down the wrong direction and all of the scolds in the store that were just customers were telling me I was going the wrong way and that I was too close to them. And what they don't know is that they were closer to death than they were from COVID at that moment because I was just minding my own doggone business and I didn't need somebody to tell me which direction to go. But I digress. He confessed that this just sort of appeared out of the ether, knowing full well that this revealed exactly from where it came. And we get this from the New York Post. Dr. Anthony Fauci confessed to lawmakers Tuesday that guidelines to keep six feet of separation, ostensibly to limit the spread of COVID-19, just sort of appeared without scientific input. Fauci revealed to the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic that the six feet apart recommendation championed by him and other U.S. public health officials was likely not based on scientific data. So do you want to know where the social distancing came? The social distancing was all part of the effort to hamstring the American economy and get Trump out of office. And it was all designed, you know, China and the World Health Organization, they got out there. They didn't like it because Trump was doing this and Trump was doing that. So this is how we're going to go for it. And now you got to be six feet apart, too, on top of that. So that. Now. <laughs> There was, a, uh, there was a lawsuit brought out by several uh, Republican attorneys general against the Biden regime, and the deposition where Fauci was deposed revealed that the social distancing policy didn't just float down from the ether, as he now apparently insists, but it was openly pushed by anti-American foreign adversaries, and it was delivered, it said, by Fauci's recommended accomplice. I'm going to give you a little bit of context. In February of 2020, when I was laying around having COVID, uh, the, the WHO sponsored a trip for an advanced team of public health officials to visit China. And one of the participants was a man named Dr. Clifford Lane, a well-known, competent person and a very astute clinician. 
which is Dr. Fauci's words. I don't know anything about it. And he'd been personally recommended by Fauci to join the envoy. And, uh, you know, in, in the question and answer of part of the deposition question, uh, did you, Fauci, discuss Mr. Lane's experience on a trip with him when he got back from the WHO trip? Answer. The answer is I did, and it relates really a, a lot to what the sentence, what he said. Dr. Lane was very impressed about how far a clinical public health standpoint the Chinese were handling the isolation, the contact tracing, the building of facilities to take care of people. And that's what I believed he meant when he said we're managing this in a very structured, organized way. Question, and he goes on in that last sentence on that page to say, from what I saw in China, we may have to go as to an extreme degree of social distancing to help bring our outbreak under control, correct? Correct. Question, so he drew this conclusion that there might have to be extreme, in his word, measures to mandate social distancing to bring this under control. That's, that, that's what this is implying. So uh, in, an, in answer to another question, he said, I believe uh, Dr. Lane came to the conclusion that when you have a widespread respiratory disease, that a very common and effective way to curtail the rapid spread of the disease is by implementing social distancing techniques. He sure had a lot to say about knowing exactly where the social distancing policy came from. This was the beginning of 2020 when it really all kicked off. He's a pathological liar. There's a lot of people getting out there right now calling for things like military tribunals and such. And the reason they're doing that is because everything that has happened up to this point, it's all being handled the way we've always handled everything. We've had hearings. We've had all this other stuff. It's all being done by the government. We have the government policing the government. Now, we don't believe that. We don't believe that's actually an effective thing with the, with the police, right? We don't believe that. Everybody wants some sort of oversight on that. So, I personally, I don't know what the answer is to this. I do not. What I do know is that uh, whatever's going on with this nonsense, uh, there has to be a better answer than continuing to do the same thing over and over again and getting nowhere with it. Until there's some sort of a consequence for uh, this sort of action, It's just going to continue on. On the text line, how on earth can the socialist distancing not be based on science when Fulci was the Fulci, Fulci. <laughs> I like it. When he was the science. Bill, what we have to remember is the Democrats are using the people to blame the illegal kids on the infringement. The adult illegals know better. Bottom line, the Democrats are where the anger should be focused. New York, you asked for this. That's true. Uh, somebody else is saying, I believe the real reason they wanted to use social distancing was to get people used to the word social because socialism is what they want. And by turning social into a good thing, and by turning social into a good thing, they've tried to convince p American people that socialism is a good thing. Well, you know, all of that, there's so many things involved in it. Some of this stuff, uh, you can go crazy reading into it without a doubt. No doubt about it. No doubt about that. But here's the thing. We have fallen for this before. Now, they, they're trying to make this a thing again. They've, they've, it hasn't been getting anywhere because nobody's paying attention to it. But they, they tried to come off with something called the triple demic, which is the flu, coronavirus, and something called RSV or something. 
And these are all, uh, you know, respiratory illnesses, respiratory viruses. And uh, our bodies catch them and deal with them. And that has always been the case. Well, let's go to the phones real quick. Who we got? Uh, Joe from Hendersonville. Joe from Hendersonville. Yes, sir. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Well, I was going to make a quick comment that I seen this uh, amazing meme the other day. Right. Kind of goes along with the whole Fauci statement. And I read that yesterday too about the social distancing had nothing to do with anything, basically. Um, but the statement on that meme was that uh, politicians haven't been tarred and feathered in a long time, and you can really tell. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you one thing I thought when it happened. When the uh, softball field shooting happened in Alexandria and uh, politicians were attacked, kinetically attacked by a uh, Bernie bro, I kind of mm-hmm. wondered if they would get out there and... Uh, I kind of wondered if they would get out there and start to say to themselves, hey, we better watch our P's and Q's. But I don't think they did that. I don't yeah, think they did that. And that, 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 you know, that never got really fully examined. Well, and it's like that one that was mentioned that he was uh, down there, y'all way in South Carolina, that he's not seeking re-election again because he's been in there since 1974. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, I wish we could do term limits. It, it, I think it would be... Somehow the people would have to come together and put that on a ballot because the politicians themselves are not going to vote for that, you know? No, they're not. The definite term limits, you know, because, you know, just like uh, Mark Twain said, politicians and diapers should be changed for the same reason very frequently. I just look at them as temps. <laughs> not not very good temps either. I'm running out of time here, Joe. Thanks very much for the call. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. When we get back, we're going to try to get my try to get my guest here, and if uh, if not, well, we're going to talk about the electric car. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joining me now is uh, Kevin Stockland. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I am doing good. Um, you you recently came up with this thing that I saw with where the uh, Wall Street is looking at a way, I guess, to uh, they're going to try to monetize our natural resources how and they're going to manage this and they're going to make their money off of it i guess tell me about this yeah so they're seeking permission the new york stock exchange is seeking permission to set up a new kind of company Uh, what this company is going to do it's called a natural asset company and uh they are going to pool money from all around the world and they're going to use that money to buy rights to public and private land in the united states uh, they're claiming they're only going to use it for sustainable purposes. It's not clear what that would be. But they basically are looking to control public and private land in the United States and uh, put that control in the hands of worldwide investors. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Chicago Climate Exchange? <laughs> 
well, is this one of these exchanges for uh, that? That was, yes, like yes, that, that was the one that uh, Valerie Jarrett and uh, Barack Obama wanted to start. And this is where they're getting out there and taking something that heretofore, in the case of that one, that didn't even exist at the time. And with this, they're trying to make make money off of something that they shouldn't even have any control over, right? Well, these are public lands in the United States. This, these should belong to all of us. So it's very strange that a corporation should have any control over them at all. It kind of brings to mind things like the uh, East India Company back in the, uh, I guess, the 17 and 1800s that was right. you know, able to pool money and buy countries and regions and control them. The uh, Now, how, how would they make a profit? Because nobody goes into business to not do any business. How would they make some money? Well, so this is the thing. Uh, since they're not, since they're basically restricting the use of these lands, they don't want to allow any mining or farming or ranching uh, or, or drilling for oil. How are they going to make money? So they're not going to use standard gap accounting, which every other company that lists on the exchange uses. They're going to use UN environmental accounting, and they're going to come up with some way to uh, to value things like clean air and clean water and biodiversity and whatever. But how they're going to make money is very questionable. The other question is how are they actually going to buy rights to public land? Because the government, the Biden administration would love, it seems, to sell. Did we just lose Kevin? We did, didn't we? There must be something wrong with Kevin's number. We have this on a regular basis. Try to get him back real quick, if you will. Um, the the problem with the NACs, uh, as far as I see them, that, that's what they want to call them, is that they uh, who can. My question is, can foreigners buy this? The rights to these uh, lands are trying to uh, hang on to. Can can they do that? Can, okay, back back with Kevin again. Um, Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, we we see we have a problem with keeping you on the line sometimes and i apologize for that that's i I don't know what causes that but i hate it when you're telling when you're going through the expose and then it just drops off unless of course you're being targeted are you being targeted could be could be be. (laughs) real quick before we lose you again uh would foreign interests be able to buy into this uh, yeah, so it's set up to allow that. Uh, they could just, like, they could buy shares in Apple or any other company. There doesn't seem to be any restriction. Once they have a hold of it, uh, who oversees them? I mean, if these, if, these, if these belong to us, right, would there be some sort of congressional oversight? Would there be federal oversight? Or would they just be out there sort of being themselves? Yeah, so nothing seems to be built into this for government to oversee what they're doing. So seems to be whoever is the majority shareholder in these companies uh, would control the use of the land. Now, I remember with the, you know, the Bundy Ranch thing, that was caused by grazing on federal land, that little fiasco. How would this affect people who use public land heretofore it's been okay? Would the rules well, change so, depending on who owned it or what? Yeah, so uh, a good portion of federal land is what's called mixed use. And it was set up by Congress, our elected representatives, to be used for things like drilling and mining, uh, farming, ranching, hunting, hiking, fishing, all these things. So if control were turned over to a corporation, they could basically say what it could be used for. And the terms of these NACs say you can only use it for sustainability. So that would pretty much rule out mining. It would... I don't know what that would mean for hunting and fishing. 
Um, you know, certainly drilling for oil would be off the table and certain types of farming and possibly ranching as well. So this might be part of uh, another component in the war on nat- on fossil fuel? Uh, certainly that, and they're not too crazy about us eating meat either. Apparently <laughs> beef emits a lot of CO2. Ah, well, that, you know, I raise bonsai trees and they want to come after those as well. That's, and that's where I draw the line, Kevin. They come after my bonsai trees, it will be war. Yes. Well, that's a, that's a good place to draw it. They, they... <laughs> Kevin is a writer, a film producer, and a former investment banker. He uh, just did a documentary called The Shadow State, which discusses the impact of the ESG market. He's also at the Epic Times and uh, does quite a few things with them. And he, he, he gets in on these details of these little things that are quite, this, this is sort of sinister what they're trying to do here, isn't it? Well, it is, and it's been done very quietly. They had a very short comment period at the ASCC before trying to approve this, and they ran it right through the Christmas holiday, and that period was up January 2. There's been huge protests from uh, Republicans in Congress, state financial officers, and now state AGs, so they extended the deadline to January 18th. But it's all being done very quietly behind the scenes trying to get approval for this. Just like the Chicago Climate Exchange. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I guess what you, I guess what you don't know uh, could hurt you. It could hurt you, Kevin. Listen, thanks very much for uh, for uh, coming back. I'm sorry we lost you, and uh, I'll be you know every time I see this kind of thing pop up, I'll be looking for you. So thank you for joining me this morning. My pleasure. Take care. Yes, sir. Find him at Epic Times. Uh, the once again that uh, documentary is called The Shadow State, and. Uh, It's available right now on Epic TV. When we get back, I'm going to tell you the truth about the electric car con. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.